Good morning. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us on this Thursday. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. And uh, returning to our WKXL studios today... From New Hampshire State Police, Detective Sergeant Dick Peralt. Dick, welcome back. Always great to see you. Good morning, Ken. Love being here. You you wouldn't believe, folks. Uh, Dick Dick showed up maybe ten minutes before the show, and all we've been talking about before the show was music, right? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, Dick I had a class reunion last week on uh, Saturday, and uh, missed one of his favorite acts at the Hampton Beach Casino. KC and the Sunshine Band. I love KC and the Sunshine Band. And, and there's good reason for it. I mean, you, you talk about a, a great show. I mean, he's got the, a great band. Uh, KC is, uh, you know, a little on the chunky side. Yeah. And, uh, and and dancing girls and all that stuff. And uh, he still sounds great, and he's like 74. I know. He sounds he sounds unbelievable. Yeah. And, yeah. and there, there are people that always wonder when they at least see him for the first time. Is he going to make it through this show? He's <laughs> he's dancing on stage and 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 singing and uh, he, he is terrific. So if you've never seen KC and the Sunshine Band, uh, both Dick and I recommend him uh, highly. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. And another uh, event that we recommend highly is the 31st annual Dare Classic Road Race, which is uh, coming up in the not too distant future, September 6th. At New Hampshire Motor Speedway this year, Dick. That is correct. Once again, the 31st annual. We'd like to see a big turnout for runners. Uh, so far, we've got quite a few signed up, but we'd, we'd like to make it as big as possible. And uh, you, you can also you can also walk as well. If you want to walk, if you're not a runner, uh, because uh, our, our resident flick chick, uh, Kitty Ray, and I have, uh, have been at some of these uh, events uh, recently, and we usually walk. Sure. We walk most of the way. We do kind of trot from time to time but when you get to be our age you know you, you, you don't uh, run the whole thing or at least we don't uh, but at any rate it, you know it's great to be able to uh, get back to New Hampshire Motor Speedway because I think you know for a lot of people it's just a thrill uh, to walk around that track that mile track it is and uh, I you know I would encourage people to come and walk run uh, even if you don't walk or you don't want to run uh, or walk come and just enjoy the festivities it's going to be a lot of uh, State police things there. There's going to be the, uh, you know, we'll have some of our specialty units there. The the uh, bomb unit will be there. The major crime unit van will be there. Motorcycles. We're going to land the helicopter on the field. Oh, again. nice. Or nice. The, well, at least there'll be a flyby. Yeah. So it's going to be a good family event for everybody. And uh, that, that is terrific. So uh, the, the race it st- itself starts at, what, 625? 625, Ken. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that for TV purposes? That is for TV purposes. Yeah, actually, we uh, okay. we time it right because uh, my understanding is WMUR will be there to kick the race off again. Yeah, we have a kids' fun run at five thirty, which we uh, that's free for the kids, which is great. All the kids are going to get some uh, prizes as well. So, but the six twenty five slot, yes, that is typically for the for the news block. Well, that that's good. That's that's a great exposure for uh, you know the Dare program and and the race itself. And uh, I would imagine that all the proceeds will go to the uh, the D.A.R.E. program in New Hampshire. 100% of the proceeds. So we were fortunate enough to have uh, multiple people, <clears throat> multiple companies donate to us 
for to for you know to be able to put this race on, and that helps with the shirts purchase and things like that. So, uh, but yes, all the proceeds will go to the Jet program. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to be there and get uh, a new and updated uh, Dare T-shirt and, uh, <laughs> and 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 walk the walk the race, walk the walk around the track and pretend it's. Uh, you know there are eighty thousand people there. You know, but <laughs> I know, I know. Well, this year the the uh, t-shirts are going to be a little different this year. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, you know, for the the first quite a few years we went with a cotton shirt. Yeah. And we transitioned to a uh, dry fit material, but this year we've uh, the shirts are a little different. They're a very it's a mix between the dry fit and the cotton. It's a very lightweight um, special order shirt, which I think is going to be a huge huge hit. Wow, yeah. and and the, re- the the way I found out about these shirts is, my daughter in college last year actually brought one of these shirts home from Snoo, and yeah. it is my favorite, most comfortable T-shirt. So when I when I uh, sat down to order these shirts, I spoke with the company we ordered them from, and I said, "Listen, I don't know what it's called," I said, "but I'm holding this shirt in my hand that is almost." It, there's no weight to it. It's it's perfect. Wow. And wow. Uh, he explained to me, he says, I know exactly the shirt you're talking about. Yes, we can get them. And yes, we'll order them for you. So nice. these shirts are going to be pretty nice. nice. I, I didn't even know that story. And uh, boy, now I can't yeah. wait. I'll have to buy two of them. Yeah. Uh, but well, uh, And uh, it all goes to, uh, to the D.A.R.E. program, which has been uh, around in New Hampshire since when, Dick? Well, it's been around in New Hampshire since the early 90s. Yeah. It's been around since 1983. In New Hampshire State Police, we are the hub of the Northern New England Training Center. So if you're a police officer in Northern New England, uh, or anywhere in the country, actually, you can come here to be trained to be a DARE officer. So how did uh, New Hampshire State Police become the the hub of of training for the DARE program? So it was between Massachusetts, Maine, Vermont. Um, we, We had mentors from each one of those states. Originally, this is back in the early 90s, and through somewhere in and around the early 2000s, I think what happened, if I understand this properly, is the other states pretty much put their hands in the air and said, listen, we think New Hampshire would be the perfect place to host this training, and you have the staff to be able to do that. At that time, we had quite a few troopers that were actually in the schools teaching DARE. Mm -hmm. So we created the Northern New England training team. And we became the hub for Northern New England. Very good. Yeah. And it's been that way ever since. It has. So you guys are doing a, a terrific job. And, uh, of course, uh, how many how many uh, municipalities, how many towns, cities in New Hampshire uh, have the D.A.R.E. program? So we stand right now at about 80 communities that have D.A.R.E. Um, and, and that is, you know, we lose a few here and there because... As agencies struggle with uh, hiring mm-hmm. needs and things like that, retention, you know, sometimes their dare officer uh, may leave and go to another city, or their dare officer may leave and go to another town or whatever, or retire. Mm-hmm. So that puts them in a little bit of a deficit. Yeah. And we have worked over the last couple of years with the New Hampshire National Guard, and they um, have two two guardsmen in New Hampshire right now that are dare certified that oh, came wow. through our training. So I've been fortunate enough to work with them. And if we have agencies or towns that say, hey, we would like to have DARE, but the PD doesn't have an officer, we've been able to fill those holes with 
guardsmen, and they've been very successful. Wow, that yeah. that is terrific. I, I I didn't realize that. So, uh, what does it take to be a, a dare officer? I know there is you know training involved with that for sure. There is. It's a two week training camp, and it's very uh, it's very strenuous. We host that training in the fall every year. Right. That training is coming up in November this year, and <laughs> the numbers at this point look like it's going to be the biggest one that I've seen. Really? We have, uh, we have 30 officers from all over the country attending. Right. We actually have somebody coming from Alaska. Wow. So we have 15, huh? 15 from Mass, 7 or 8 from New Hampshire, several from Maine. So um, it's going to be a, it's going to be an excellent training. Wow. That, that is really something. So there are DARE officers, and uh, I, I know there are DARE mentors as Correct. well. What's what's the difference? So the DARE officer is the is the police officer that's in the school that went through the two-week training that we place in the schools, and they're the ones that have the, the uh, interaction with the children and things. Mm-hmm. So if that officer, after two years, decides, hey, I may want to take this a step further, after teaching in the class for two years, we can actually send them to what they call mentor training, which is essentially a train-the-trainer position. That's usually out of state. It's a week-long training, um, and it's really designed to be dare training on steroids, so to speak, okay. <laughs> because you have to be that step above, that cut above. And when you come back, you are now responsible for a team in November during the training. You'll be given a team. And you make these officers dare officers. And the way Dare America does it, and they 100% do it right, is that these dare officers that go to mentor school don't come back and just be issued a team. They have to come take a team while they're being shadowed by a mentor to make sure that they hit all the right points, that they um, are able to... um, you know, be a mentor and a successful mentor before we sign off and say, you're all set. So it's quite a process. Yeah, I guess it is. And uh, you are the uh, facilitator, correct, of the D.A.R.E. program in New Hampshire. I am. So when I <clears throat> became a D.A.R.E. officer, I taught D.A.R.E. all over the state for several years. Then the, uh, the sergeant in charge said, listen, would you like to go to mentor school? And I did. So I went to mentor school, then I took over as the facilitator several years later. So, yes. Wow. So you have been uh, doing it at every level. Every level. Every level of uh, D.A.R.E. Yes. Uh, Dick Peralt is with us, and he is uh, a detective sergeant with New Hampshire State Police. And we'll talk uh, more about the big event, which is coming up on September 6th at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Right after it's right after Labor Day, right? Uh, a couple is. of days after Labor Day, yep. and uh, it's going to be a terrific night. And we want you to sign up, and we'll tell you how to do that. Uh, coming up right after these words on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. It's Kale and Company live. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and we will be right back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. Dick Peralt of New Hampshire State Police is with us in studio today. He is the facilitator of the D.A.R.E. program, which is the Drug Abuse Resistance Education Program, the most comprehensive drug prevention curricula in the world, taught in thousands of schools throughout America's 50 states and its territories, as well as in 50-plus other countries. 
uh, reaching more than a million and a half students annually. That's uh, it's pretty impressive. It's a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah. A lot of kids. Over a million and a half worldwide uh, benefiting from this uh, terrific program that's uh, been around quite some time. And uh, we're talking about the 31st annual Dare Classic Road Race coming up on September 6th at uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And uh, even if you're not a runner, we want you to get involved in one way or another. You can walk the race, walk around the uh, the uh, Magic Mile at New Hampshire Motor Speedway and pretend there's, uh, you know, 50,000, 60,000 fans cheering you on <laughs> as you walk around the track. Or you, you just can come up, as Dick mentioned, because a lot of uh, cool events are going to uh, take place, and the registration starts at 4. But can you uh, pre-register for the event, Dick? You can. It's pretty easy, actually. You can go to raceroster.com, and you can actually sign up for the 31st, 30, 31st annual Dare Classic Road Race. And uh, as you mentioned, lot, lots of uh, activities for the entire family uh, going on, and uh and that is terrific. The uh, registration, if you want to sign up the day of the event, you can do that as well, correct? Absolutely, 100%. You can do that as well. And I think that starts at, uh, what, 4 o'clock maybe? And the uh, demonstration's at 5? Yes. Uh, and you're going to have a kids' fun run at uh, 5.30. We always have a kids' fun run. That's one lap around the track for the kids. And uh, that's always fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, one lap around the track, that's a mile. It is. You know, so, man, <laughs> you know right? It's, a, it's the magic mile at uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, no, no doubt about that. So uh, it's going to be a fun night for the entire family, so uh, take advantage of it. And I imagine there will be some food available, too. There will be. Uh, you know, we've got some sponsors. We've got some people that uh, donate quite a bit of food, um, you know, some local stores and things like that. And... Um, they have people serving the food. There'll be fruit cups. There'll be, you know, all kinds of drinks and, and Powerade and, and orange juice and things for the kids, pizza. So it really is a fun event. Even if you don't want to come and run, just come and show up and support, uh, you know, the, the runners. And if you've got nothing else to do uh, on that Wednesday night, bring the kids for a fun night out. And we and we talked about the, the D.A.R.E. officers, the D.A.R.E. Mentors, and I, I noticed there was another category too, uh, DARE educators. So there is a DARE educator, and one of the unique things about the DARE program is that, you know, we know, and historically, DARE knew early on if, if this was going to be successful, you can't take police officers and put them in the schools and expect them to be teachers without some kind of training. Right. So we have an educational component. We are lucky enough here in New Hampshire to have Paul Ford. He is the educator for us. He is a retired principal and teacher for the Exeter School District. He was there for 31 years, and uh, he is wonderful. He is the gentleman that stays with us for the entire two weeks and teaches these cops how to be teachers. Mm. Because cops aren't teachers. Not easy. Right? And so it is a unique dynamic, and he's very successful at it. And the thing that I like about, the thing that I really enjoy about Paul is that he stays with us the entire two weeks. He actually lives there with us for the two weeks oh, wow. yeah. at, the, uh, at the barracks. Um, and if these officers are struggling after hours, he'll sit down with them and say, hey, listen, 
let's work this out. How, how do I get you from point A to point B? And that is a very successful component for us. We're very fortunate to have him. Wow, that, that is, uh, that's really something. Yeah. Because that, that's not an easy transition, is it? I mean, if you have no experience uh, in the classroom, that's not an easy thing to go in and, uh, you know, address, uh, you know, 30 kids at a time. It's know? not. And, and, you know, that's the thing that I, I think the thing that I enjoy the most is watching those officers walk in day one. You know, some of them are on SWAT. I mean, I, I recall an officer coming in at one point. He came in for his interview prior to going to the uh, DARE training because we interview people uh, in an oral board setting before they actually attend the training to make sure they're doing this for the right reasons and to make sure that we can work with them. And I remember one officer coming from a local PD, a very squared away PD on the seacoast, and his, his exact words to me were, yep, he says, nobody gets promoted in my agency without coming through DARE. He goes, so I figured, you know, I might as well do it. And he didn't seem super enthusiastic. <laughs> but what's funny and what I enjoy the most is watching that transition from that first interview to the banquet night or maybe a weekend when that actually officer who's now a sergeant in that PD mm. come up to me and say, hey, um, I was totally wrong. I should have had a better attitude coming in. This was the greatest training that I've that I've ever had in my career. And he's super successful. He loves it. Uh, the kids love him. And that city is much better for him going through that wow, training. Wow, that, that is really something. Yeah. That, that and is it something. happens yeah. every single training. Yeah. We have yeah. those people come in saying, yeah, yeah, thought I'd give it a shot. Yeah. And they leave feeling just unbelievable. That, That's what we like. That That is terrific. Absolutely. That's a great story. And... Uh, and as we know, as we mentioned earlier, uh, New Hampshire and the New Hampshire State Police uh, are responsible for all the, the training in uh, New England. Is it New England or northern New England? Really New England. I mean, we, yeah. you know, yeah. Connecticut has their own training, yeah. but they sometimes send people here. Wow. And it's all in the timing. So we host ours in November. So if they've got a community in, I think, um, I, I want to say Connecticut does there somewhere in the summertime. But if, if we overlap and they have an officer in the community that misses their training, right. that yeah. wants to get certified, they'll send them here. Yeah. Um, so we take a lot of people from everywhere. We've got, I think I, I told you, we've got somebody coming from Alaska. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I talked to him on the phone, I actually said, do you mean to tell me there's, there's nowhere to get certified between here and Alaska? And he says, not between now and November. Wow. So I welcomed him. We, we, we love having him. They just wanted the best training, that's all. They did. Yeah, yeah. We're actually regarded as a uh, as a premier training site for Dare America. We have a very good rapport with Dare America. Uh, I talk to them almost weekly, sometimes even daily, and uh, we're 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 high on the list as far as professionalism. Who is who is the uh, regional director for for Dare? So it's a gentleman named Mark Medford, and uh, he was a, he's a retired sergeant uh, out of a sheriff's department in Virginia who taught Dare. I think 15 years prior to his retirement. Wow. So when he retired, Dare America said, listen, we have a spot available as a regional director if you'd like to take it. And he's really, really good. Yeah. So he's uh, always in contact with me. Uh, I can always turn to him for guidance. He's, he's always here. So. Wow. That, that, that is terrific. And uh, what an important program it is, and, and it always has been. But I, I would think especially important now because we have, you know, such a crisis in in this country with uh, fentanyl and and other drugs that are, 
you know, killing uh, many youngsters, uh, many young people, and people of all ages as well. Uh, but uh, this is, uh, of course, uh, for students, uh, the D.A.R.E. program. It, it's got to be uh, taking on taking on now particular significance in these times. It does. And, you know, to the people that say, hey, this program doesn't work, this program doesn't work, or whatever the program is, uh, you know, whether it be D.A.R.E. or another one, Listen, as long as it's a prevention program, I think it has to be in the school. And, you know, just look at, I mean, how many more deaths and overdoses there may be if we didn't have any of these programs. Right. It would be worse. Yeah. We have to do something. Absolutely right. Dick Peralt uh, has been involved with D.A.R.E. for a long, long time, and he's a detective sergeant at New Hampshire State Police. The D.A.R.E. race coming up at New Hampshire Motor Speedway on September 6th. You can register right now and uh, all the proceeds will go to the dare program here in new hampshire raceroster.com raceroster.com and we'll uh, tell you about that uh, continually for the next uh, little while here on wkxl and uh, it's a great event at new hampshire motor speedway on the 6th and nick i know that we will see you there you will see me there you can also find us uh, on how to register if you go to the state police uh, facebook page yeah um, we'll have all kinds of links to the race as well. So Outstanding. So you'll uh, have a, an easy opportunity to register and attend. And again, even if you don't want to uh, you know, do the race, whether it be running or walking, there'll be lots of events uh, going on. So take advantage of that right after Labor Day, September 6th, and uh, it'll be at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Dick, thanks for coming in today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. It's always a pleasure to be here. We will take a break. Kale and Company continues right here on WKXLNHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. And uh, speaking of Delta Dental, Tom Raffio, President and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, will be with us tomorrow as part of the uh, Fun Bunch with our resident Flick Chick. Kitty Ray, who will uh, review a movie that she saw uh, during the course uh, of this week. So that'll be uh, tomorrow to wrap up our week here on uh, Kale and Company. Uh, as you uh, may know by now, Red Sox lost last night to Washington. Uh, 6-2 to was the uh, final score in that one. Two teams will uh, play the rubber match of their series uh, today in our nation's capital before the uh, Red Sox Go to New York to take on the Yankees over the weekend. And then they go to Houston. So they go from Washington to New York to Houston for four games, Monday through Thursday of uh, next week. Hey, on August 2nd, former Red Sox outfielder Mookie Betts did something uh, he had done 241 times prior in his major league career, and that was... He had a home run, but, you know, nothing unusual about that when it comes to Mookie. And uh, while the home run extended the Dodgers' lead against the Oakland A's, it also it also changed the lives of a family in a way that Betts 
didn't fully realize until just recently. All right, now here's, here's, the, here's the story. While Mookie was on deck in the second inning that night at Dodger Stadium, he struck up a conversation with a fan by the name of Giuseppe Mancuso, who proclaimed that he would give his soon-to-be-born daughter the middle name of Mookie if Betts hit a home run. And uh, to quote Mookie here, he said, I turned around and told him, no, don't do that, man. Betts uh, recalled in a video posted to social media earlier this week, he said, your wife wouldn't like that. But then Betts did something that forever changed the Mancuso family. Four pitches after walking up to the plate against Oakland's Hogan Harris, Betts launched a 436-foot home run to left center field, his longest homer as a Dodger and the fifth longest of his major league career. And as Betts rounded the bases, he recalled on Tuesday, he was not thinking of the interaction before the at-bat. After all, uh, Betts has heard all kinds of promises from fans in the past. But as he crossed home plate, he could see Mancuso and his group of friends cheering like crazy. And Betts went up to him, gave him a fist bump uh, before entering the home dugout. A couple of weeks later, Betts said his cousin, Mookie's cousin, who handles his social media accounts, told him that Mancuso actually delivered his promise of giving the daughter the middle name, Francesca Mookie Mancuso. How about that, sports fans? Betts says he hasn't spoken to the fan. He's not even really sure if the fan saw uh, Betts' Instagram post. But one thing is for sure, Francesca already has a huge fan in Mookie Betts. And uh, Mookie went on to say, I can't wait to meet Francesca or Francesca, however they're pronouncing it. Uh, that's going to be my girl. That is quite a story, isn't it? Uh, Mookie Betts. And now uh, Francesca or Francesca will have uh, that middle name. Uh, so quite a story. And Mookie delivered. Mookie came through. And uh, that, that's, I, I think, uh, a great story. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Uh, the other big story in, in baseball concerns Tampa Bay Ray stars, uh, star Juan DeFranco. And uh, he was absent from the team's recent series against the Giants as uh, allegations against him were being investigated. Now, it looks as though the pending legal issues won't just end Franco's season, but potentially, potentially anyway, uh, his career. MLB uh, Major League Baseball insider Hector Gomez reported early this morning that at least one person believes that Franco's career is likely done at 22. And if you're not familiar with Wander Franco, he is one of the uh, top young shortstops in baseball, an all-star. And uh, according to what uh, Gomez tweeted 
a person very close to the investigations into the case of Wander Franco, it'll be very unlikely that Wander Franco will play in Major League Baseball again, judging by the results of the investigations that are currently being carried out, which directly uh, commit him to the accusations against him. When one person asked uh, for Gomez to identify his source, Gomez did not do that, but did clarify that it was the same source that told him about Franco's contract extension with Tampa. And, of course, the allegations are that uh, Wanda Franco has had a relationship with a minor. Uh, Franco was one of the best prospects in recent memory before getting called up by the Rays in 2021. This season, the uh, 22-year-old Franco has been one of the best players in baseball and likely on track to receive some MVP, MVP votes. So if he has played, if in fact, if he has played his final Major League game, it'll mark a sad end to one of the most promising careers in a long time. But if the uh, allegations uh, against him are, are true, the ending of uh, Franco's career will be sadly necessary. As uh, fresh allegations uh, continue uh, to emerge, uh, apparently now, and this is pretty much breaking news as of this morning, uh, he has already been accused of having a relationship with a 14, 14-year-old girl, and Major League Baseball has launched an investi investigation now into other allegations emerging that Franco also dated a 17-year-old girl. The Attorney General of the Dominican Republic, where Franco is from, confirmed that the most recent complaint filed against Franco was made by another young woman, per a news source in the Dominican Republic. Amid Major League Baseball's ongoing investigation into the matter, Franco and the Rays mutually agreed that he will be placed on the restricted list, which, is, which he has been, and not travel with the team during their current road trip. The Rays' current road trip is set to end on the 22nd of August when they return home to host the Colorado Rockies. It remains to be seen whether or not Franco will return to the lineup that day. The situation is ongoing as we wait to hear more about the MLB's findings in their investigation. But serious, serious uh, allegations uh, against Wander Franco. And MLB is uh, conducting a couple of uh, investigations into uh, what has been uh, been on social media now since since the weekend, last weekend, uh, alleging his involvement with these uh, minor girls. So we, it remains a very sad story, really, uh, for potentially a career to uh, end uh, like this. So we, we shall see what how it plays out and uh, and keep you posted. But it's uh, 
It's a huge story in uh, Major League Baseball right now. Always a huge story in Major League Baseball is Shohei Otani. And uh, Shohei, he did it again last night. Came up in the first inning and uh, blasted a long, long home run for the Los Angeles Angels and led them to a 2-0 victory over the uh, Texas Rangers. Otani's 42nd home run of the season. Yankees shut out last night for the second straight time in Atlanta. 2-0. Yankees have fallen below the 500 mark. They are 60 wins, 61 losses, and fallen fast in the American League East. They are now the only team in the American League East that is not above the 500 mark. All right, we'll take a break. Another intriguing story coming up for you uh, after we take this break on Kale & Company Live. And it's a, it's a local story. It's a Concord story, one you'll want to stay tuned for. Front page today of the Concord Monitor. We'll take a break. Kale & Company will continue right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are powered by... Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Well, I told you, big story in, in Concord, right above the fold. Today's Concord Monitor headline, Casino Operator to Head Gaming Panel. Yes. Casino Operator to Head Gaming Panel. And I will uh, read you at least uh, part of the story. Uh, a new commission set up to conduct an evaluation of charity gaming operations in New Hampshire is being chaired by State Representative Lori Sanborn, who operates one of the casinos in the state. I, and the Concord Monitor isn't saying this, but I'm saying it. That smells pretty bad, doesn't it? <laughs> it does smell pretty bad on, on the surface. Uh, Sanborn, chair of the House Ways and Means Committee, was chosen to lead the 13-person commission that will look into gaming laws in the state, including whether charities are getting a fair share of the revenue. However, her appointment has not been without its share of scrutiny. I would hope not. Both Sanborn and her husband, Andy Sanborn, own and operate the Concord Casino, which is housed within the Draft Sports Bar on South Main Street. I'm sure many of you know where that is. And this connection has raised concerns over potential conflicts of interest in overseeing the industry's rules and regulations. You think? <laughs> My goodness. This is, this is, to me, this is an unbelievable story. Recently, Andy and Lori Sanborn received approval from the city of Concord in June to build a casino spanning 43,000 square feet at the end of Loudon Road. However, the approval is being challenged in court by residents who say the public was deprived of its due process rights when the board passed the project without adequate notice. It was passed by the board it was a rather quick vote that was approved. Uh, 
And this is in a city, Concord. I don't know how many times Aquino has come up for a vote in Concord. Maybe three times. Each time, the voters in Concord overwhelmingly killed Kino in Concord. You can't go into an establishment in Concord, whether it be a bar or a restaurant, uh, a gas station, and play Kino. You can't do it in Concord because the voters don't want it in the city of Concord, okay? And that's their prerogative. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, while I don't agree with it, it is their prerogative that they have banned Kino in Concord. Okay, it's, it's out there. They voted upon it. It was the decision of the voters, and uh, that's the way it goes. So all these establishments in Concord that could be benefiting from it are not getting that benefit, but it was a fair vote. And obviously, uh, the majority of voters in Concord do not want Kino in their city. Okay, that, that's fine. But now we already have one <coughs> quote-unquote charitable casino in the south end of Manchester, uh, south end of Concord, I should say, on uh, Main Street, the Draft Casino. And now the Sanborns have been given approval to build one uh, at the uh, corner of Loudon Road and, and pretty much uh, Sheep Davis Road, uh, Route 106. Here's a, a quote here. It says, as multi-generational New Hampshire natives, we are eager to pay homage to all things we love and admire about why we committed to New Hampshire and Concord. Andy and uh, Laurie Sanborn wrote to the Concord Planning Board as part of the casino application. Uh, it goes on to say, we're very excited to present this opportunity to create a gateway property as a welcome sign to those coming to visit or passing through Concord from the west or north, wrote the Sanborns, who both signed the letter as managing partners of Concord Commitment, LLC. On uh, most public documents, Andy Sanborn is listed as the owner or manager of various limited li liability companies that run the Bedford Couples Business Enterprises. For example, the uh, building at 67 South Main Street that houses the Draft Bar and Grill and the Concord Casino is owned by Best Revenge, LLC, with Andy Sanborn listed as the registered agent and manager. The Concord Casino is owned by Win, win, win. That's W-I-N three times. Not like the Win Casino in Boston. Win, 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 LLC. With Sam Borden listed as the registered agent and a member. Similarly, the draft LLC lists Sam Borden as the registered agent and manager. When the Concord Casino opened in 2019, both Lori and Andy explained their vision for business. In this world, you have to offer something to your customers, and we're offering fun, said Laurie Sanborn. Sanborn uh, did not respond to email or phone call requests from the uh, Concord Monitor comment on uh, the story that is running in today's edition. Uh, State Representative Richard Ames, who's a member of the Charitable Gaming Committee, declined to comment on the potential conflict of interest and said the appointment is within the frame of ethics for lawmakers.
House rules require legislators to submit a declaration of intent, whether written or verbal, when a conflict of interest arises. Those backing her nomination were fully informed by Lori Sanborn about her casino affiliation and had taken it into account, said Ames, who is a Jaffrey Democrat. Although she, Lori Sanborn, is chair, it is still one vote. This is a commission that has other people with special interests. The rest of us who are on the commission have a vote. She's the chair, but she doesn't have any special ways to make a decision, said Ames. Apart from uh, having the commission chaired by a casino operator, additional concerns were raised about the need for greater representation within the commission. The commission consisted of uh, two Senate members, five House of Representative members, two charity representatives, one charitable gaming operator, the state's lottery director, and one public member appointed by the governor and Attorney General John Formella. The Attorney General's office did not respond to a request for comment. While Edmund Talbot, executive director of the New Hampshire Council on Problem Gaming, has no objection to the study committee, he would like to see a member representing gambling addiction. Under the framework of charitable gaming that includes poker, bingo, lucky seven, historic horse racing, raffles, games of chance, and card rooms, casinos are mandated to donate 35% of their gross revenue to charities, 10% to the uh, New Hampshire Lottery for public education. So that's 45%, folks. The other 55%, we know where that goes. The other 55%. The commission is uh, tasked with examining the charity uh, selection process, exploring the benefits of historical horse racing for charities, and studying whether lost communities, or I should say, whether host communities, should partake in the profits of charitable gaming establishments. With a budget of $150,000, the commission is required to report its findings and potential legislative recommendations by November 1st, 2024. So there you have it, folks. The head of the uh, Gambling Commission owns one and uh, looking to be two uh, casinos in the not-too-distant future. Hey, you know what? I've always said it doesn't have to make sense. Our own Kitty Ray was quoted as saying, here's a great analogy for you. Uh, Naming Laurie Sanborn as chair of a commission to evaluate (coughs) charity casino gaming operations in New Hampshire is like naming Pete Rose chairman of a committee to evaluate his Hall of Fame candidacy. <laughs> that's, that's what she said about it. Or how about this? Attorney General Merrick Garland appointing David Weiss as special prosecutor to investigate Hunter Biden's wheeling and dealing after Weiss himself already authorized a sweetheart plea deal for Biden which was unequivocally rejected by a judge. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Merrick Garland did do that. He did appoint Weiss the special prosecutor for Hunter Biden. Oh, oh boy. It stinks, folks. It smells. Wow. I, I just couldn't believe that. You can uh, read the article again in the uh, Concord Monitor, whether you pick up a copy of it today or... You read it online, one way or the other. To me, it's beyond belief. Beyond belief, ladies and gentlemen. All right, that'll do it 
for this edition of Kale and Company. Thanks to Dick Peralt, New Hampshire State Police. Don't forget the dare race coming up September 6th at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. If you want to register, go to Race Roster, raceroster.com. You can sign up for the big event and you'll have uh, lots of fun and benefit. Uh, a great program that's been around in New Hampshire for a long time. That'll be it for this edition of Kale and Company. Fun bunch tomorrow. Kitty Ray, Tom Raphael, right here, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Have a great Thursday, everybody.